Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Sticky Note Marketing Show. I'm super excited to be your host and to be introducing our guests today. We've got Abigail Plumfrey and Emily Williams. They are the founders of Boss Project, and they are our expert guests today, ready to share their information, their story, and all sorts of juicy tidbits. So make sure to get out that sticky note, get your pen, and get ready. Welcome, Abigail and Emily, to the show. Hi. Thanks for having us. Well, I know some of the folks on our show already are familiar with you, uh, mm-hmm. probably follow you on your Blockbuster podcast already. But for those who aren't familiar with you, would you mind introducing yourselves and sharing a little bit about what you do with Boss Project? Sure. Uh, we started Boss Project going on seven years ago, and it was really founded with the single mission of helping more women in FEMS build profitable and sustainable businesses online. We wanted to not just be giving them the tools to make a stable foundation, but also to be financially thriving. And so much of that has been backed with education on the business front and how do you set up your business? How do you grow and scale it sustainably? And then also how to build a business while still prioritizing your life first. Um, so for the last seven years, we've we've done that through a variety of educational products, uh, courses, programs, masterminds. And we've also worked one-on-one with a wide variety of small businesses on their own marketing and sales strategies. So um, I, I appreciate you having us on the show and I'm sure Emily has more to add. Yeah, always. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you should, uh, if you're not listening already, the Strategy Hour podcast is where we share um, some biz rant with some strategies um, for service providers. We feel like there's um, a lot of education out there for service providers on how to start, um, how to go off with an idea and, and get like the, get off the ground running. And there's just nothing there for sustainability, for consistency, for that mundane, boring stage of business, but the one that like keeps your doors open year after year after year. Um, and that's what we want to be there for, for our clients and for our audience of once everything kind of the sexiness wears off, how do you keep doing this? I love that. It's so true, right? There's so much information around that honeymoon period of Mm -hmm. now you're out there and you're an entrepreneur and you've got this launch. But I love what you guys focus on because then those initial products you might have launched with may need to evolve. They may need to change. They definitely need to evolve. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So one of the things I definitely want to make sure we get into today is the idea of exactly that. Now I'm, I'm growing my business. I'm scaling And I've actually had success. I actually have clients and I have products going out the door and I am selling my services regularly Mm -hmm. and I'm actually having to say no. And I'm feeling like I'm bumping up to a wall. So I know you work with a lot of businesses in that situation. So what are the first questions you invite them to, to ask themselves when they start running into that level of growth? Well, know that that wall is common and you're not necessarily Mm -hmm wrong when when you get to the point where you're consistently booking yourself out and you're wondering how do I grow my capacity I need more help but I don't know how to get more help without more cash and I can't have more cash unless I have more uh business and I literally can't take on more business because I don't have enough help and it ends up being this cycle where you get caught in a loop (laughs) and you feel like you're drowning and it can be 
you know, a lot of people will go at this one of two ways. They, they will either just decide this is the moment in which they just give up everything. And I've seen so many business owners close when they are doing incredibly well and they mm-hmm. are a couple systems away from it being really sustainable. Um, or they get to this point and they they go a little too hard, a little too fast, and they burn out. Mm-hmm. And so to avoid the burnout, we think it's really important that you go through a refinement period. And it's something that we do with every single one of our business owners, regardless if they come into our incubator program or they're working with us one-on-one, we think it's critical that we look at those core offers. Because when you've gotten to a certain point in business, we need to reassess your financial goals. We need to understand how to continue to build this product sustainably because what got you here is likely not going to get you there and it's going to be an iteration off of. And so instead of dropping everything and starting everything over or adding a brand new offer, we really think a refinement opportunity is is going to be the thing that revolutionizes your business. We've seen it happen again and again and again. Um, people have literally turned around and booked 60,000 in additional client contracts without a single new lead, literally just editing the offer they already have. Mm-hmm. And so we know it's possible. We've seen it happen. And so when you get to that point, we think that's where it needs to start. Let's look at the nuts and bolts of what makes up your service and how much you're charging. Well, and it's, it's the cool thing that we look at is not just your price, right? I think everyone likes to think that refinement is just like, okay, they're just going to tell me to charge more and I need to be (laughs) premium and I'm not ready for that, but I guess I'll do it. And that's not always the answer. It doesn't make sense for every industry. Um, Could you imagine a bookkeeper on a retainer basis charging 10,000, 15, $20,000 a month um, just because like, that's what I'm worth and that's what I should be charging. It doesn't make sense, right? That, that type of packaging isn't going to work for everyone. But the thing that we factor in and really educate our clients on is also their utilization, which is how much time is it actually taking you to do deliverables? Do you have team members? How much time are they actually helping you? Time is your biggest factor in pricing. And when you nail down those and they like work together instead of against each other, it's when you're actually able to grow and scale. I think that's so important that, that idea of, okay, it's not just price, right? There's so many other things that we have to consider. And sometimes we're so close to it that mm-hmm. having someone on the outside, like you guys to be able to ask the right questions at the right time is just essential. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the signals that people might see in their business when, when they should be looking at, like you said, reevaluating, going through this kind of exploration, this kind of analysis period? What are some of the signals that people are seeing in their business? I think there's a couple that are really consistent, but the ones we tend to see the most often, um, the the first one is scope creep. Um, I, and the scope creep can turn into a variety of different things, but usually it's some level of resentment or dread <laughs> over mm-hmm. doing your own work inside your own business. When you start hating your clients you got to pay attention to this part. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's, a, it's not uncommon. You started mm-hmm. your business, you loved what you were doing. And then at some point down the road, you're like, I could murder this person in their sleep. 
someone watch out for me. Uh-huh. And, and, and if you're starting to dread opening your email or working on the next revision or doing the next piece of the project, usually this is a good signal that you're underpaid um, or that you have really not set proper boundaries around mm-hmm. what it is that you're ultimately delivering. And we see a lot of loosely defined scopes that, of course, the client is walking all over you with because you didn't really set the project up for success from the get-go. So I think that tends to happen a lot. I also see people get to the point where they don't have any additional time in their day. Um, And they're trying to stuff client work after they put the kids to bed or, um, you know, between a hair appointment and a dentist appointment. And like, they're trying to like still do all the things, mom, friends, life, whatever, and run the business, but there's just no moments left. Mm -hmm. And so instead of like feeling like they could take an afternoon off, they are stuffing nuggets everywhere and they're going to lose their mind. Um, and so we really like to help people recapture their calendar and, and redefine what their work week looks like and how they ultimately interact with their clients. But, you know, when, when you're out of time or out of energy, um, and, and you start to just resent every aspect of what you're doing, this is when we need to be paying attention. Now, that being said, are there are there some clients who come to me that are like, oh, I'm making good money and things are going well. And like, what next? Yeah. But like, that's, that's like the dream of- scenario for everyone <laughs> to be a part of. <laughs> it still happens. Mm-hmm. I still have people who are like, I'm ready for a new challenge. But for the most part, people work themselves well, into a corner. And because what I see is that a lot of, a lot of y'all start getting your clients when you, when you first start and you retain a lot of them because you're good at what you do and you weren't charging a ton. So that client like, isn't going to let you go. And then you wake up a year, two, three years into business and you've had a handful of the first clients that you've ever had. And they're paying you like $12 or like something ridiculously cheap. And you have to go through that process of like, I'm not a newbie anymore. I'm, I'm not needing to learn anymore. I, I know what I'm doing and I know how this works. And now I need to figure out the system and getting these people right-sized. I love that. And it's so funny. It's We do make ourselves fall into this reactive trap, right? We work ourselves right up to that point of like, yeah. hey, now I need, I need help now. Like now. actually I need help last week. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. but, so ideally, would you, would you say it, it would be something that in terms of either setting up your business, or maybe you've already gone through one phase of this growth cycle and you're now at another level, would it be more ideal if people could take a more proactive approach. I loved what you said that the life first business really structuring it that way from the beginning. In order to make that a priority, this is something you need to be looking at every three to six months initially. And then at least once a year after you're a bit more established, Mm -hmm. your business is going to evolve so fast in the early stages. And you're literally going to learn something with your first client that you need to implement changes when the very next time you book the same service. Mm-hmm. And so often people just say, I know I need to do that, but it's going to be easier if I just do exactly what I just did. Okay. And I would rather you make changes immediately to that sales mm-hmm. cycle and, and to the deliverables 
so that you're getting closer every single time. Um, I, I know everyone has their own kind of evolution for how to get there. For me, it was experimentation. I knew I needed to experiment. My prices and what I offered changed literally 75 times my first year in business. Mm-hmm. And I don't regret that at all because right. it just got me closer and closer and closer to what I wanted. Every yeah. I ripped the bandaid a little bit sooner. I, I had multiple clients, but, but it was the same amount of time frame. It was just in a little bit different capacity. I had multiple clients who were paying me like pennies and I was like, okay, I, I'm like, I actually need to do the math now. And this really is not realistic. Like the amount of people I would have to work with, how much time I would have to spend on that. And so when I kind of woke up and started being like, I can't just like guess at things anymore. And I can't just say yes to everything because every new client is what I need to feel like a real business owner. I had to like work through some of that mental stuff. And then the very next client, I think it was like a 36 X their price or something. And I was like, this is what I charge now. And I created the experience in the, in the systems to back it up. Um, but I, I just like literally within two weeks, the very next person I worked with was on a whole new experience, customer client experience and price point. And I never looked back and I just kept going up from there. So you said two really powerful things that, that stood out to me there. I mean, a lot of powerful things, but the two that really jumped out at me and what you just said was number one, you had to have the confidence to do it for yourself, right? So that, that first client, that was that new package. All of a sudden it's kind of that little aha moment of like, oh, people, people can do this. But then also when you step into that, it's not like you're pulling the wool over their eyes, you're actually able to deliver more yes. because you're not yes. constantly burning. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's the biggest thing. I think so many people are worried, well, how could I possibly charge more? Bonnie is a great example of one of our clients who did this. She really struggled with the idea of like, I plan to deliver less and my price is triple. Like, I don't understand. Like I'm, she was grappling. I reconcile that. Yeah. And so what ended up happening, I think she ended up having a client meeting that she had since booked them into this triple price point. And at the end they had a question and in the past she had to like immediately get off the phone, not really answer their question, kind of pass it off as not important. Cause she was this, going to the next client. <laughs> yeah. But with this particular instance, she actually got to like sit down and strategize with that person and actually come up with ideas and solutions in the moment and then actually implement on the back end based on the conversation because there was bandwidth built into the project to to add on these kind of surprise and delight moments yeah which before she literally didn't have time for yeah i think i think that's what everyone thinks about when it comes to prices i charge more to make more and while that can definitely be a, a side effect, if it's still just you, like that's going to happen. But what it enables you to do is also serve more and provide bigger results and deeper impacts and work with clients who actually need your expertise instead of having to say yes to every client that comes in the door because you need their money and allows you to show up as a business owner in a completely different way, more of the place of service, which is our big motto and philosophy here, rather than like, I need this, and I have to have this. And so I'm going to be saying yes to all these people. I think that's so important. And also you're being hired for your expertise. And like you said, Abigail, there's, 
there was so little time that she had previously to actually showcase and share that expertise and bring that to the service of her clients. Because, you know, like you're saying, she's going right to the next meeting, right? Because I have yeah. Yeah, this packed out schedule. So one of the things I think you mentioned in one of the blog posts I love was how to bring in new team members, right? So how to, when, when you bring in these new packages, right? And increase revenue, one of the benefits is actually being able to hire some people to take off those things that don't necessarily absolutely need you. So that more of that time can get dedicated to, like you said, serving those clients in those ways. How do you, how do you see people kind of make mistakes when it, when it comes to bringing those people on? There's so many. (laughs) So many. So many. Yeah. I think well, the, the, the number one mistake I see, and then Abigail can share her perspective, is if we go back to utilization and looking at time, right? First of all, every business owner assumes that they have 100% of their time that they can work on client work. And that is just literally not true. You have to also probably do your books or market yourself or go on coffee dates or network or send an invoice or send an email. There are literally so many, you're listening to podcasts, like you maybe learn something and then you implement something. There's so many things that are also on your schedule that aren't just client deliverables. So it's literally not hundred percent, but it's way less than you actually think that it is also. And team members are also not 100%, especially if you're not hiring them for client-facing tasks. One number one mistakes I see is that people are like, yes, I need to hire. Let me get an admin assistant. I need my schedule, my inbox. I need this taken care of. And unless that person is directly interfacing with clients, how much utilization do they have that can help increase your client capacity? Zero. None. They're, they're, yes, taking a couple things off your plate, but it's not actually increasing your client capacity. And so people look at this like, as soon as I bring in this person, this is what this is going to mean. So they take on more clients and then they're like, I have way less time than I thought that I would have. I have negative time now because I'm figuring you out and these new clients. And it's just not the scenario they think it's going to be. It's uh, the unfortunate aspect of hiring love love having a team wouldn't trade it for the world it also is not linear Mm -hmm. so you cannot just assume every time I add a person I can double my capacity like if anything it gets less and less and less efficient the more people you have involved with any project um that's why giant consulting companies with with these big agency budgets have like 10 people working on the project for six months and they make like a logo with a presentation like and you're like literally what the fuck what were you doing you must have been in the presentation I was in last week (laughs) (laughs) we were there it's not like I don't understand this industry (laughs) um but and I'm not saying that's a bad thing there are plenty of people with large-scale budgets who are willing to spend a lot of money to work Mm -hmm. on really small aspects of their marketing and sales and, and, and whatever. And we, uh, when we're small business owners, we just think we have to save the world all the time and we don't. And so like you can, you can grow your team and have less efficient things happening behind the scenes, but be strategic about it. Like, like that's the benefit being able to slow down because you have more help is a huge benefit being able to work with less people um 
and have a higher impact on on them is a huge benefit. And so we don't necessarily need to become these machines Mm -hmm. um, on the back end. I don't think that's necessary. Um, But we do need to be thinking about what are the ways that I'm going to excel my company forward. And, you know, I think in terms of mistakes, we've also done whole episodes on why you shouldn't hire yourself and why you need to really hire for alternate skills and and things that you aren't good at. Uh, Because the moment you're good at them, you end up like micromanaging people and it's not helpful. Um, There are going to be times where you need duplicate skills on your team. Like, we have two designers on our team (laughs) you always need more design help you always need more copywriting help like Mm -hmm. it like those things just keep growing um but it doesn't mean you shouldn't nail in something specific okay like if we're talking about copywriting well maybe you need someone on your team that's more technical minded Mm -hmm. and, and someone who's more like bubbly and and can really capture someone's attention those are two very different skill sets that can aid in different types of projects Mm -hmm. and you could literally have both of them working on the same project but different aspects of it and i think that's where it's important to know and understand people as whole people and 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 really get to know how they can best assist your business but if you want more details on who to hire and who not to hire and mistakes and all Mm -hmm. those things we've done tons of episodes on our show all about it and would love to dive because we have opinions we have opinions about hiring (laughs) mostly mostly because we like people with opinions on this show (laughs) mostly because we've made every hiring mistake you could make so we were like okay don't do this (laughs) don't do that fantastic all right so if you guys are listening and you are feeling just wide awake because you're experiencing this or you've made some mistakes and you're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how not to do that again we're going to put the link definitely to those episodes in the show notes for this so you guys will be able to follow up with emily and abigail awesome so one of the things you also mentioned um recently in one of my favorite podcasts of yours was the need for more personal connections, right? That basically client acquisition and how we get connected to our ideal clients is evolving or has changed, or that at least the focus has changed. Um, so I'd love to dig in a little bit about that perspective, right? So when you're working with these businesses, once they do the refresh, once they kind of get a hold on their system, once they get a hold on their team, mm-hmm. now they do have the capacity to either bring in new clients or bring in more of the right clients. We talk a little bit about that shift in perspective from kind of mass audience building to real personal connections. Yeah. Well, one, what's funny is that when clients come to us and they're like, Oh, I need 75,000 more clients and I need a bigger team and I need this. And those are the only two things that are going to help me reach my goal. So when we do the work through the refinement process that we've been talking about and really break down all the things, what's really funny is that every single time they come out the other end and they're working with less people, they're charging more and they don't want to hire. And they're just like, I'm actually going to take a beat and like sit with this for a second now that I've like refined and cleaned up. So I find that process really interesting. I definitely expected to people to be like, okay, and like, let's keep going and doing this. Every single client takes like a 30 day beat or a summer beat. It's different for everyone, but the pause is really fun because you get to just like, okay, what do I actually want to do? So 
if you haven't refined, do not think about hiring and scaling and growing and all of those things. Don't do any of that um, because you're not ready <laughs> and we could definitely set you up a little bit better. So I just want to say that caveat because you might not, you might not need more leads or a team. Yeah, you might not need more leads or a team. And I just want to like put an asterisk here that this hasn't changed. Y'all just forgot about it. Yeah. Um, and so I, Emily and I have always done business with an old school approach, but Emily and I are both old souls. We heavily influenced by our moms and our grandmothers and how they approach life, which is very relationship focused. And so if you look at how business was ran 50 years ago, 75 years ago, before the internet and social platforms existed, people got business because of the relationships they were cultivating. That didn't go away. Y'all just got distracted. Like Mm -hmm. Mark Zuck is not on Facebook, like trying to get more people on Facebook. Like I just didn't. He's literally on an island with somebody having tea, probably doing something inappropriate. Story for another another day. Story for another day. But you know what I'm saying? It's like these large scale companies, they're still doing it the old school way. They're still flying to meet people and have real life conversations and, and make deals behind the scenes. And all of a sudden we think that we're immune to that and we should be like showcasing all that we do online and hoping that someone books with us. And that's just not true. We have to be intentional about building relationships and asking for what we want. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means going after the relationship and sharing what it is that you can do for someone. Um, Sometimes it's a more long-term approach where you spend the time in the relationship, not knowing if or when it will ever provide you with a next thing. And then sometime down the road, it does. And Mm -hmm. so you're just never sure when it's going to provide, but that's the whole point of a relationship. If we're trying to always do this with the goal of getting something out of it, then our intent shows and it's Mm -hmm. icky. And that's why it starts to feel like the people sliding into your DMs that you didn't really want to have the conversation with. That being said, we have absolutely hired people that slid into our DMs, but because they went about it in a relationship building kind of way, not because they went straight in for the kill and trying to get whatever they wanted out of that relationship. So in terms of prioritization, I just wish more people spent time developing long-term relationships with no intent of it turning into anything anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I think a great example of this, we have a client, Christina, she, she does virtual team building events, uh, primarily with fortune 500 companies. So she's going in and working with Google and Amazon and Wayfair and, and working with a specific team, mailing boxes of cookies um, all across the country and the world and creating these team building events where they're decorating cookies live and there's competition and the whole night. Well, um, a team, a team builder, uh, manager at Google was like, this is amazing. I love what you're doing. I definitely think more teams should be involved in this. And, you know, if Christina had been in her 
had that she needed to just keep going and keep booking and all of these things, I think she could have easily missed the cues that this is a relationship you invest in. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, how do you pause and say, okay, this isn't necessarily about getting my next client next week. This is about how do I build a relationship with someone who sees the vision for what I'm doing in my company, who cares enough to point things out to me as opportunities and literally just get the time knowing her. Like, cause it could be six months or a year from now or five years from now, but people who invest early and then don't go away, like they are the kind of people that get the phone call years later. There's a lifers. There's a company I work for, not even joking, 10 years ago. And earlier this year, Emily and I got our call and said, we have a big project and we need your help. I haven't worked at that company for 10 years. And And they were like, I know someone. I know exactly who can work on this project. And they've been one of our biggest clients this year. And only because I bothered to care 10 years ago. And so like you, you never know when those relationships will pay off. I love that. I love that so much. Cause I mean, I'm the same way. That's how I mainly have grown. I've spent 20 years on the inside in corporate mm-hmm. and my business really grew from the relationships I had during that time. And sometimes the most unexpected connections were what transformed into something. And yeah. I think what you're saying is so important for people to listen to. So take out those sticky notes. Hopefully <laughs> you saw me actually take out my pen. <laughs> the idea that don't go into being like, okay, I have to convert this person to a client. Be right. open to the possibilities. This could be a client or it could be a collaborator or it could just yep. be a champion or a connector, right? Yep. Someone that could potentially just make the right introduction for you. Yep. So I think that's yeah. such a powerful story. I definitely see in the coming year, probably couple of years where dollars are going to be reallocated from traditional, what what we are calling traditional, but it isn't of social media marketing or advertising on social media platforms. Dollars are going to be taken from those budgets and reallocated to doing more of the things like going to conferences and events and sending gifts to clients and sending gifts to prospects. And like this person maybe isn't a client yet, but we're going to spend money and time to nurture them and to nurture that relationship. Um, it's where a lot of companies are shifting their focus already right now because of how advertising has vastly changed over the last year and a half. And I think it's it's going to be really important for us to be mindful of it, not just in the sense of customer retention, because I think that in this space, a lot of people think relationship marketing is only the lever that you pull for customer retention, right? You send follow-up gifts, you send cards, you send, you do these things to retain customers, which I love that, like have a great process and integrate some of those things. But what we're talking about is the things that it's not a, a quick guarantee. It's not a clear ROI. It's not an immediate ROI and it's still worth your time. A hundred percent. It's this undercurrent that keeps going. Yeah. And yeah. for me, it's so funny. Like you were saying, it it is becoming, I mean, big brands, small brands, local business, online business, yeah. this shift to, you know, the big corporate term for it is the account-based marketing. Yes. But they are, they're taking dollars that were allocated to TV or online or some other kind of advertising that was more shotgun approach, mm-hmm. even if it's targeted, right. Mm-hmm. But really honing in on key relationships. And it's so funny to me because I have the honor of being in 
rooms with large national global brands, as well as small local business owners. And it's always been interesting to me to hear the big brands say, oh, we need more personalization. We need more customization. We need more, you know, person to person kind of connection. How do we do that? And then at the same time, being in a room with a small local business owner saying, okay, how do I up my marketing automation? And how do I do talk to more people? I'm like, mm-hmm. we always want what the other one has, but yet yep. we don't realize the gold that's sitting in our own backyard. hundred percent. Yeah. So much to say. <laughs> Abigail, she's like, all right, we're going to have to have another episode. <laughs> I really could keep talking, but I will mute myself. Well, thank you so much, uh, both of you, Emily and Abigail. Hopefully you listeners are getting immense value from this. I have already filled up my uh, post-it notes. I've talked about on my little notes to myself, listen for the cues, embrace the pause, think about refinement, be more proactive about that refinement period and go to the experts. Getting that outside opinion is sometimes essential because we can't see for ourselves what may be the next best possible step for us. Yeah. So thank you so much for for joining us today. Now, I know we have probably piqued people's interest. I know we're already going to share some of the podcast links specifically to some of the episodes that we talked about. But I also know that there are probably people listening who want to get in touch with you. So tell us a little bit about how you work with your clients and the best way for people to connect with you. Yeah, I would love to have a personal conversation. So you are welcome to send us a DM at any time um, over at Boss Project on Instagram. Now, I do have a little special secret link that if you want to get on my calendar, um, we have a waitlist form you can fill out for our one-on-one services. So you can go to bossproject.com slash waitlist. Um, let us know what you're interested in. I, I, I would say if you today you were interested in what we talked about in terms of refinement, I would love to have a conversation to you about our sales strategy intensive and, and your offer refinement and your price refinement. And if you're looking for more ongoing support, then definitely send us a DM to ask us more about our incubator. Um, We have a 12 month coaching program that really walks step by step by step through this refinement process, building your backend systems, your CRM, your project management, and even hiring a team to support you long-term. Um, you can find out more about that at bossproject.com slash apply. And I have to say, I've I've seen the impact that you make in, in terms of that incubator. And I have an MBA from Yale. And the value that practical application and value you are giving your clients and your students in that is gold. I mean, just the ability to my favorite. (laughs) It's amazing. So definitely, if you're listening, please check it out. Take advantage. Abigail and Emily have so much gold. They've been through the fire. (laughs) They are showing you the easier path through. So listen up and take note. Well, thank you both. Any parting thoughts for, for our crew today? No, thank you so much for having us. I uh, can't wait to hear from y'all. Um, I, I I just want to give some some support and and camaraderie in your season of refinement. If you've been hitting this wall, and if you especially if you've been considering 
the burn it to the ground, I'm going to just try something else route, um, put a pause in that idea. Reach out and talk to someone, even if it's not us. I would love to be your sounding board. I know that that moment in business can be really overwhelming. And we we think that we just need to scrap it and try again. But I promise you, you're going to be right back in this spot if that's what you do. And so I want to help you through it instead of having to, to burn it down to the ground. Perfect. Well, definitely take advantage, everyone. And I will look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Sticky Note Marketing. Thanks for joining us today. Thank Thank you. you.